After the last tragedy that struck the party, during the trials and their tenure in the Twilight Eternal, Cad, Val, Vomok, Brynir, Kelnias, and Mick have returned to the main chamber, where they were informed that only two trials remain. And here you find yourselves. After standing in silence for a little bit, looking at everybody, Vamok finally says, We should proceed to the next trial. There's honestly no use sticking around. Let's get these over with as quickly as possible. Val will gesture for them to lead. Cat will go ahead. He doesn't really care. Vamok will follow close behind. Val will follow. Mick will follow Val and will actually catch up to Val after witnessing this horrific death of Barty. And we'll just offer a hand on the shoulder of Val and just say to him, Val, I, are you all right? I have not been all right for a very long time now, Mick. And at this point, I honestly don't even know if it's worth asking, but thank you. Mick kind of nods and continues downward in silence. Yes, let's be on our way. This staircase that you're presented with is rather straightforward. There's nothing obtuse or untoward about it. And as you come down into the chamber at its base, you find a simple setup. There seems to be a divider of sorts cutting the room in half. Metal bars blocking your way, but not your view of what is transpiring on the other side. You see a gallows of sorts, a hooded figure they seem to be a woman, stands atop the gallows, ready to be hanged by the neck. Another woman, at the bottom, hand on a lever, stands waiting patiently, and perks up as you all then step into view. But she says nothing. You there, woman, what are we to do here? You are to pass judgment. Should I execute this prisoner, or no? What crimes is the prisoner guilty of? She murdered someone close to her. A friend. A trusted confidant. And what was the reason behind this murder? I know little. You will have to ask her. I only know objective fact. You there. What is this crime that she speaks of? Though the woman's voice is muffled by the hood, it's pretty easy to still hear her. And she speaks, saying... I owned a small apothecary with a childhood friend of mine. I'd found that he was moving to push me out of the business. Not only that, but it swindled me for years. When I confronted him on it, he became violent. Though I took no direct action then. It was only days later when one of my daughters went missing in the streets that I suspected him. I was told by one of our employees that a strange withdrawal had been recorded in the ledger and that strange men had been meeting with this co-owner of mine. I knew then that it was he that orchestrated the kidnapping. And if I wouldn't ever see my daughter again, I knew I would rob him of any future prospects. And so I killed him while he slept. By ways of death, it was relatively peaceful. So you are saying that you killed him based on suspicion? You don't have any children, do you? 
No. If you did, you would know. It's not mere suspicion. Circumstantial evidence is still circumstantial. Cat kind of just crosses his arms. And what do you think? Do you think that you should die for this? I don't care. I did what I did. Did you not try to look for your child? This woman who is, as you're seeing her now, quite frail in form. Or not frail per se, but she's thin. A little older. And she just shrugs, kind of turning in your general direction. Do I look like one who would be able to handle a pack of hired brigands? (laughs) No. Of course I tried, but it's beyond my means. As I said, this partner had swindled me for years and left me penniless. And what would cause him to do this? What reason would he have to kidnap your daughter if he had already taken her? I was going to report him, I said. I was going to, to file complaints and speak with the city council and the Merchants Guild. Have him thrown out. This was retaliation. It's the only way. And has his death brought about the return of your daughter? No, and I didn't expect it to. Do you regret your choice? Absolutely not. Val will look to the executioner. What is the law where she comes from? The law? A life for a life. All right. What has been spilled in blood must be repaid. And blood is the only suitable recompense. Though you are the magistrate here, the decision is ultimately up to you. Looking to the rest of the party, Val will say, Frankly, I don't think that my judgment necessarily aligns with the judgments that those who are running these trials deem appropriate. So I will yield to the rest of you. Kelniaz, who's been silent up to this point, kind of uh, asks... Well, could you actually explain a little what you mean? I'm just interested. Uh, Perhaps we think alike. To me, there does not seem to be a point in blood for blood. If we judge this woman guilty, which she undoubtedly is of killing someone, and demands that she pay for that with her life, then we are all guilty of the same crime. I do not regret the people I have killed, but I have done so. I would not take those actions back, but... I am equally guilty of the things that this woman is guilty of. I would like to exercise mercy, as I would like to have mercy exercised upon me, but I don't think that the way that I think is the way that the gods think. My judgments thus far in these trials have gotten us losses more than anything, and I want to win. I find it ironic that a band of murderers are the ones to judge this woman herself if she should die. So, we are murderers, then, in your eyes? Of course we are. How could you think otherwise, Cad? I'm not proud of it, I'll tell you that. But the fact of the matter is that we, too, have blood on our hands. Would you call every soldier who fights in the war a murderer? Is that the question that you're going to ask me honestly here, Cad? That is not the situation. Are we not fighting a war? Well, that may be true. The events that just occurred and what we just saw is enough evidence to me that we ourselves are guilty of the same crime. Then if this woman is us, string us up then. Hang her, for all I care. If that's your judgment. You would do the same to yourself? No. 
I would not. I say spare her, but only because the glaring metaphor is so abhorrently obvious that this is supposed to be a stand-in for us. I won't entertain it. I think there is a misunderstanding between what we as a group consider murder. Murder is something that is premeditated and done maliciously, whereas I know that I myself have unfortunately committed killings against people, not necessarily of my own accord, but I still regret that it happened, that I was not strong enough to stop it. But I would not consider myself to be a murderer if it is in the protection of those that I value and myself. What she has done is murder, but I also believe that she should not die for it. She should spend time in prison to pay for her crimes. There was another way that she could have done things. I believe at heart that she truly thought that this could make things better, but I know that death and killing should be a final solution that should only be considered when there is no other way. It's Kalnies that actually uh, speaks up and steps forward, kind of just wrapping her fingers around the bars and peering through. She's like, I'm a bit intrigued, actually. If this is a metaphor for us, and we're supposed to be one of these characters, we're forgetting one. You see, there's the executioner, and then there's who we're currently playing, this uh, judge. And then, of course, we have the, the murderer, this woman here. And lastly, the victim, the swindler. There's four to choose from. Maybe we're not the hanged woman. Maybe we're the executioner. Maybe we're the swindler. Just something to think about. Well, with those thoughts in mind, I know that there are many ways to look at this, but the consensus among the people that have spoken is that this woman should not die, but be punished in other ways. The executioner speaks up at this point and says, Unfortunately, that is not an option, Your Honor. As it stands, she is to be hanged or pardoned. This is why nothing productive gets done when the gods are in charge. Heaven forbid we think in anything other than black and white. Still, I couldn't care less. Let her go. She's obviously us. And if we kill her, we only damn ourselves. I wash my hands of this. And Kat just kind of steps away. Kelnies doesn't back off just yet. She's like, I'm still considering other options. Yes, pardon her or kill her, but... Who's she supposed to be? Who are we supposed to be? I I can't put my finger on it yet. It seems that at different times in our lives, we're all roles. Or different roles is what I mean. Sometimes we are the executioner. Sometimes we are the judge. And we most certainly are the victim and the perpetrator. To me, Kelnies, I am also intrigued by your question. But I feel that it is too difficult for me to fully answer. What happens then if we do pardon her? Which, believe me, I'm leaning towards that. Is justice done by the victim then? What about ourselves, who have faced such unfairness in our lives? What is to be said about that? I I don't know. I... And then Mick steps back and looks at his feet, kind of perplexed. Do we think that this is some sort of riddle? that there is a correct answer? Are we meant to talk about philosophy? What is right, what is wrong? Who we are, as Mick describes it, it depends on your perspective, whether we are the executioner, or the woman to be hanged, or the victim, or the judge. I say let her go, and let us be done with this. Thou will nod. 
Brynir is going to address the uh, woman that's about to be hanged. If we pardon you, will you, with the extra time that you have been given to your life, try to seek out your child, get the guards or somebody involved to save her, and do your best to make the world a better place? I will take my business back and what I am owed, but I know my daughter is dead. And when you take your business back, will you do it by the sword? Will you mete out justice upon those who you see fit? I have already done so. There was only one standing in my way. It is a dangerous path to walk down, trying to regain what was once lost. But I cannot say that I would do differently. My mind is unchanged. I say let her go, and let us be done with this. I tire of these trials. Executioner, we pardon the woman. I will need all of your answers first, but I have recorded those who have spoken. What else to be done but pardon her? I think one of you said something that piqued my interest, of how the gods look at things, Calnier starts. And honestly, in their eyes, perhaps they're the woman. We've gone on, cheated them, swindled them, stolen from them, and taken things that belong to them. But then, we're also the executioner. And they're the judge. And then, and she's just like working this out in her head. You see like her eyes going back and forth and she's like moving her fingers in front of her. I say kill her. Does the vote have to be unanimous? The executioner shakes her head and she says, No, the majority will rule. At least this baby will know what's the right quote-unquote answer was. Will you? The executioner says. And then the light on that side of things just kind of fades to black. (laughs) Val rolls his eyes and walks upstairs. (laughs) He's so done with the gods right now. No patience for it. As you arrive once more in this hexagonal hub, the butler character has taken a seat. And there are chairs laid out for all of you at this large table in the center of the room. And he simply raises a hand and motions to them and says, Congratulations. You have completed one more trial. Just one remains. And and he waves a hand behind himself, and the remaining staircase actually just like bricks up immediately, disappearing behind a wall of stone. I will have the pleasure and the privilege of administering it. If you would all mind sitting for me, we may begin. Vamak goes over to a chair, and you just hear like the... And he's like staring this butler in the eyes. And he sits down. Val will sit. Yes, let's be on with it. Cat and Kelnia sit down. Makes it sound as well. Now, before we do delve into these finer things of this final trial, I would remind you of a point, perhaps, that I failed to clarify. These were not involuntary. These were not a design by those who would seek to condemn you. It was not accident that you found yourselves in that shack on that farm in the Twilight Eternal, nor that you worked your way upstairs to this sprawling inn, and then down into these labyrinths. No, none of that was by mistake. This has all been by design of one who would see you absolved from your crimes in an effort to collect evidence in your favor. You could have spurned these trials. You could have left, but you stayed. 
and whether you passed or failed, will speak well or ill against or for you. You are agents, as you always have been, of your own designs. Now, for this final trial, I will address you plainly. If you speak truth, so be it. If you lie, so be it. He turns to his right at Vamak. Please, Vamak Nugalanathi, state your intentions. Honest intentions. What you desire. What you see moving forward. And, once released from here, what you will do. I wish to make Egedon a better place. That is all I will say on the matter. You see the butler write this down on his, you know, parchment. You do not wish to expound on anything. There are many wrongs in this world. Many who are exploited. Many who exploit for their own gain. I have been both, and I seek to rectify some of those wrongs. I seek to level the playing field, so that perhaps those who are not born with certain gifts, with certain positions or powers or principalities, will have a chance to become strong and stop any who would seek to oppress them. One question. Do you view the ethereals as ones who oppress? A simple answer will suffice. As I saw in the last trial, it depends on how you look at things. So, in some cases, yes, and in some, no. But the way I see things, yes. Thank you for your candor. Valmes Sulisel. The question stands. I seek an end to the war between humans and kin. I intend to break my bonds with Yakuda, as our ideals do not align, and I will not be a good servant to her. I also seek equity between the beings of this world and true agency for all. If these things can be resolved peacefully, then I am more than happy to walk that course, but I will not hesitate to do what needs to be done. One question. Would the demise of the gods fall into such a category as what needs to be done? If they put themselves in the way, yes. He just makes a note. <laughs> a box gets ticked and Val does not like that. <laughs> Brynir Indred, please, the former question. Your answer? Surprisingly enough, it does not differ that much from the box. Originally, my intentions were to protect the Godborn and redeem myself to my people. But somewhere along our journey, I realized that I need to think for myself. And while I will continue to try to protect the Godborn, I will not commit anything that I think to be an atrocity, even if commanded so. I will dedicate myself to making things better for others that they don't have to go through as many trials or tribulations. I will live for my friends and for those back home to try to make things so people have an equal standing. And again, how do the gods play in 
and why gods, specifically ethereals, play in to these ambitions. The gods, in my understanding, at least some of the gods, have their own ideas of what to bring about in the world. And I disagree with that. It is controlling and unnecessary. I do not see how it benefits any of the inhabitants of Egadon. And so, if they do stand in our way and try to object to good changes that I try to make, I will stand and fight back. The butler turns next then to Kelnies. Kelnies Metza, what are your intentions? Should you be released from this place? And would you seek out your prior goals? Well, it's an interesting proposition. I'd get another chance at life, I imagine. As technically, at least to my knowledge, I'm dead. So, moving onward from here, perhaps I'd turn over a new leaf. Who knows? But these companions of mine, I think, fight a noble cause. One I've been on the wrong side of for too long. And would you see yourself then joining them if this cause included usurping the ethereals? I don't always know that we've done the right thing. I can't say that we've done the right thing even half the time. But I'll be quite frank with you. Whatever we do, right or wrong, what the ethereals undertake is always wrong. And you see a big check. (laughs) (laughs) Turning now to the seated form of Mick, the butler says, Mick Dijon, where do you stand in this predicament in relation to the former question? Mick has a puzzled look on his face as he hears the name, but continues to answer the question. Well, it's quite simple. I want to be better. I want to contribute to something more than myself. I think I've been quite clear about that. I've lived my life and wasted my life away with the decisions I've made. I've made some careless decisions, yes, I'll admit. And I've tried to right those wrongs. Or rather, (laughs) prior to doing so, have run away from them. It has become painfully clear to me that I can't right those wrongs. But I want to continue forward. I share in the same cause that many of my compatriots do, particularly Vermark, of bringing balance to this world. It is also clear to me that there are devices and plans already set in motion that seek our destruction individually and also this world's destruction in some way, shape, or form. I will do what I can to contribute to that cause, to do my best to bring balance back then you view the destruction of the gods the ethereals as mere self-defense now i don't know where you got that implication from but i'll entertain your question nonetheless i would say that those who seek our destruction that they should be met with just that as you said there are those who are on our side who do wish us well I do not wish them destruction, do I? That's what I had to say on the matter. And finally, the butler turns to Cad. And finally, you. Caragas Adul. 
have you an answer for these things, for your actions pertaining to yourself, come your release. I will do as I have done. The butler kind of just raises an eyebrow and motions, yes. And Cad just leans back in the chair and says, I have said what I needed to say. I will do as I have done. And does doing what you have done include the downfall of the ethereals? Perhaps, perhaps not. It depends entirely on them. And one more question then for you I seem to have here. Do your plans include the creation of an ethereal? My plans remain unchanged. Right. And the butler just makes a mark on his parchment. Well, I believe that concludes this business then. Your trials are over. Thank you for taking place in the trial of intent, the trial of heart, of ghosts, of clairvoyance, patience, aggrandizement, the trial of flesh, and the trial of self-deception. Some you have passed, some you have failed, and some served as mere stepping stones to other answers in their own predicaments. I will return you now to where you were in the Twilight Eternal. We will not see each other again, and I'll leave you then with but a warning. The majority of the Ethereals are not on your side. When your trial comes, you'll stand before them, or rather, some representation of them that you can bear. You would do well to pacify them. You must not appease them. You must not bow to their every whim, for your convictions will see you through above all else, as they have now. Goodbye. And then everything kind of just starts to fade. And as everything fades back up from the darkness that it became, you find yourselves just kind of sitting comfortably in the living space of that small farmstead that you happened upon. Outside, you see the shepherd, Victor, herding some goats and sheep into their respective pens. And as one of you takes note of him, he takes note of your forms once more through the window and gives a curt wave and carries on his business. However, Barty is not with you, and neither is Rolandia. I don't suppose any of us have any idea on how to get out of here. Well, the door's just over there. I meant the Twilight Eternal. Obviously, we can exit this place. As we have discussed on numerous occasions, I do not think there is a way out of here. Then we must wait for the gods to come visit us. <clears throat> there must be a way out. I suppose a potential way out would be to make a big fuss until they finally pay attention to us, which is what we have been doing up until this point, so that might work. Vamak is going to reach out and see if he can feel any connection to intent again. Your connection to intent, which would then mean the connection to Egadon, is still muffled, distant, and practically inaccessible. It sounds as if the Ethereals will come to us in one way or another, as a butler mentioned. 
It seems that the only thing that we can do at this point is remain true to those convictions. Very well. Then shall I remain true to my convictions on the couch or on the porch? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I will help you try to find a way out. I don't think we will find one, but I would very much like to leave. I don't think it's much use of sitting around this farm, either. I have no more wish to interact with these animals, nor the simpleton that runs the place. In that case, I am leaving. And he starts heading to the door. On your own. I can't imagine that there's many places that he can go and cannot be found. Anyone is free to join me, but I simply thought that as some of us have expressed no desire to remain here on the farmstead, it would instead be more productive to explore the surrounding area. However, if none wish to join me, I suppose I can go along. No, no, I've made it quite clear. I'll be coming along. And Kelnier stands, too, and heads for the door. Val gives Vimak, like, a look, and he will also stand and go. Mick will say, I might as well join you. Besides, as we've learned from in the past, that when we separate, things go wrong. Let's all stick together. <laughs> the understatement of the century. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps, Cad speaks up, not moving from his seat. It would be wise to, put this lightly, distance ourselves from one another. Though you're correct, Mick, things seem to go awry when we're not together. We can't help but making things worse when we are. And where I stand, what I believe, I don't think we all want the same thing. You can say that again. Then I will. You speak of making Egadon better, more equitable, but I fail to see how. All you want to do is kill the gods, or tear them down from their thrones. Redistribute power equally by your hand, as if when given the opportunity yourselves, you would not take everything selfishly. I'm not saying you would, but... It's just the nature of mortals to want more. Are you saying that you would like more, Cad? I'm not saying one thing in particular. Well, then why are you saying quite anything at all? Then my point is nothing, and I have nothing more to say. Leave if you will, stay if you will. Proclaim you want the best for Agadon. Act on it if you so desire. But perhaps we're not as right and righteous as we all pretend to be. I would say that if any of the trials have shown me anything, it would be the second to last one. It depends on how you look at things. Judging by the answers that we gave in the final trial, it would seem that most of us consider ourselves to be the judge. But then again, it would also seem the Aetherials consider themselves to be the judge. Does simply having more power than us, does being immortal, make you any more moral? Does it make you any more right? Simply because you can force people to do what you will, you can bend them to your own intent? Does that then give you the right to dictate laws? Is there such a thing as right and wrong? Perhaps. 
but you will never find two people who agree on everything that is right and everything that is wrong. Therefore, I see no point in worrying about what other people think. I will live as I know how to, as will you and as will everyone else here. And while I may not try to change it, any who meet me with hostility will be met with the same. The way I view things has changed since I have come to Egadon, but it does not mean that I will simply roll over and take a beating because somebody else has deemed it appropriate, or because their ideals differ from mine. But once you start handing out power, once you give everyone the choices that you think they deserve, then they make right and wrong. And as you said, you won't find two people that agree. And who said that I was handing out power? Who said that I am giving gold away to all the beggars in the street? That I am taking the power of the ethereals and distributing it among the common man? That was never my intention. But I will try to make Egadon a better place. The best way that I know how. Cad just kind of kicks up his feet and waves his hand. Anyway, I notice that we are all still here. <laughs> I am going to leave now. And Vamok starts walking out the door. Val will look back at Mick and Brynir and see what they're thinking. Mick is seeing that Val's looking at he and Brynir, gives him a curt nod, and follows Vamok out the door. Kelniace will also follow after Mick. Brynir will walk out the door, kind of talking to Val. You know, I may have misjudged the mock. I'm not going to lie. I was quite angry and mad with him siding with Cadagast among our situation with Bartholomew. But hearing his intentions, maybe he doesn't quite share the same sentiment as Cadagast. I don't know that any of us truly know what we want. And why should we? Cad speaks up. People are not so unchangeable as stones. Throw us in the river, and we writhe and wriggle and shift. We do not simply sink to the bottom. For someone who talks a lot about not believing in other people's wisdom and not having a lot of ideals or idioms or what have you, you certainly talk a lot, Kedagas. Shut up, and Val will walk out of the door. Brynir just chuckles at that and starts to leave the door. As Val is leaving, Cad does call after him, saying, You know, Luna thinks quite highly of you, Valness. Val will stop and turn around and look at him with this look on his face like, What do you want? What is this about? What? <laughs> Have you not felt her prodding away? Trying to reach us? I thought when I first felt it, the little tingle at the back of my mind that it might have been for me, her teacher. But no, I was mistaken. She thought I was you. And the moment she figured out I wasn't, it was gone. Where she's been all this time? <laughs> How much all this time has actually been? I can't say. Perhaps a day. Perhaps more or less. It matters little. What matters is she tried, and continues to. Do you think, honestly, 
as you seem now to pull yourselves away from me. That when we stand before her again, she'll choose you. The choice is hers to make. Yet you know, if she chooses to side against you, you will fail. Luna to me is not a pawn. She is not a well of powers that I can bend and control and do what I want with. She is a person with thoughts and feelings and desires of her own, and I would never seek to control her. And perhaps that is why she sought me out and not you. Time will tell. I trust that it will. Val is like very shaken. <laughs> like his hand his hands are shaking. <laughs> he is like on the verge of tears. He's going to turn around and leave before he can say anything else and get himself into more trouble with Cat. <laughs> can he try to reach out to Luna? I don't know that he would know how to do that, but this like tingling at the back of his mind thing, I think he's gonna try to feel that. You can sure try. <laughs> Intent or message or I think he would try sending first, since that's sort of tried and true, but he knows that he yeah, can't exactly. cast magic here, so, you know, it's it might be fruitless, but he's still gonna try. It goes about as expected. Yeah. Do So, like, like the mock's experience of intent, it's muffled, but it's not completely gone here. Is that the case? Yeah, this realm is almost entirely made of intent, or made from intent. Like, nothing here actually has a material form Mm -hmm. but you're also not able to manipulate it as you would say a tree on Egadon okay it's almost like it's a different breed of essence yeah it's not the essence that I'm connected to I think what Val would try to do then is just like send you know how mushrooms like talk to each other I know that that's a weird thing (laughs) bring up at this moment in time. Like the mycelium? Yeah, they're all connected and they they send like messages back and forth to each other like through this like shared... The mycelium, yeah. Yeah. Thank thank you, Chris. I took biology 1010. (laughs) (laughs) I think he wants to try to like send a ping through this essence, like not control it, just sort of like use it as a medium to pass and I'm okay, like I'm alive, are you out there through... Alright, roll intent. <laughs> I rolled a one, so that bodes well. Uh, plus my intent score is an 18, but it is a critical failure. Oh, so 19? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to roll the D100 as well? Sorry. I thought the D100 was the one. No, sorry. I rolled a, a one on my D20. Oh, gotcha. Okay, then yes, you need okay. to roll the D100. I, I just fully forgot how intent works. <laughs> 90. Interesting range you yeah, got there. Yeah, big, big range. You're like, I'll show you, Cad. It panics and, and fit, like just fumbles the ball so hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you pluck at the webs of reality, but it's just a actual spider web that you're just... <laughs> <laughs> As you pluck at the strings of essence that bind this false world together, you feel this reverberation like shiver down your spine and through your feet and into the earth. And then like a wave, it sends off. And everyone else standing around you feels it. And even Kelnias turns around, she's like, um, what was that? And then before Val has really a chance to answer, you hear the slightest voice 
in your ears. <gasps> and it goes, found you. <laughs> and then, like a menagerie of glass shattering upon the ground, the entire world breaks. <laughs> 